You're listening to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show, your daily podcast on the National Football League, powered by the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL Show. We are wrapping up the 2021 NFL Draft, but too much happened, Matt. This is too important to just go through one episode and and maybe not even talk about some of the teams. So I think we've got to get to every team. Let's go division by division through this whole thing and make sure we talk about every team in the NFL draft and cover this as as thoroughly as we covered the pre-draft stuff, right? Yeah, I think that's the only way to go. I mean, you know, off the air we were talking, should we just talk about the big stories today? Or uh, and, and then you finally were smart and just said, let's just dig into a division and go from there and start talking about not every pick, but at least every team, the majority of their picks and what they're trying to do here and what they what they accomplished. Yeah, I want to cover the whole league, and I think every team's got some important angles and, and some interesting stuff going on and, and how the draft affects other things. It's not just the picks in a vacuum by themselves. And I think the first team we should start with here, if we're going alphabetical in the AFC West, which is where we should start, is the Denver Broncos. And uh, I think this is a fascinating team for me. And by the way, if you have any questions, we'll probably hit a few tomorrow. Uh, you can hit me at BD Peacock on Twitter. Matt is at Williamson NFL. I think we will we want to jam through these divisions, so I don't know if we'll do a full mailbag episode, but we might be able to filter some questions through uh, with yeah, some of yeah. these teams and some of these draft picks. So you can always hit us there on Twitter and find us and tell a friend about Peacock and Williamson. We're covering the league daily, and that will not stop throughout the offseason. So Denver Broncos. But we've got this kind of ties in with the NFC North. And if we have time to do two divisions today, we can talk about the Green Bay Packers and how there might be a tie in here because there was all the Aaron Rodgers stuff. But let's focus on the draft first, that part of it with the Broncos. What were your overall thoughts with the Broncos picking at nine? And it started in round one with Pat Sertan. And I think there was some really nice picks throughout the draft with a, with a ton of draft picks as well for the Denver Broncos. So a team that absolutely got better with the caveat of quarterback, right? Right. And so we even talked about this on Friday when we recapped round one. When they made the Sertan pick with after signing Darby and Fuller, and Callahan was there and played well in a slot. Uh, I thought, well, Sertan's probably going to be a Packer then. You know, they, they just need more time. They're, they're picking this guy for Green Bay. And then Green Bay, you know, drafts a corner at the end of the first round. So I don't know if that chip would still work. I mean, I'm sure they'd still like to add Sertan, but um, that's a little hairy now because the reason I bring that up is I think we might look back at this draft and say, why didn't Denver just take Justin Fields? <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Like think of the feeling we'd have with this draft. Cause I like all the, I like all the picks. I mean, but picks two and later, I really like, especially if I could look at it through the lens of they have fields, Bridgewater and Locke, And now you're talking, I mean, and that's no offense to certain. He's a great, great player. And I want to talk about some of these, you know, second round picks and beyond. But when the dust settles, unless Aaron Rodgers ends up there, and that's a huge asterisk and still sounds like it's possible, they're going to regret passing on Fields, in my opinion. I felt the exact same way. I think it was Fields all day at nine, as good of a prospect as Patrick Sertan is, and, and apparently they just love Sertan, and they, they didn't even want to talk about him or go to his pro days or or, or tip anybody off about how much they like Sertan at, at number nine for George Payton. Um, but I'm with you. 
Fields has to be the pick there, but I think they told us in the lead up, and I think it's similar, and I feel similarly about the draft for the Carolina Panthers at eight, is the moves they made prior to the draft getting a veteran quarterback told us the direction they were going to go in the draft, and it turns out both of those teams did take corners at pick eight and nine and not quarterbacks. Will that come back to haunt them? I don't know. Um, I want to note some of these other picks for the Broncos that I love. Javante Williams, I think, is too high for a running back because you know how I feel about running backs. But it's your second pick, and and, and I think it's a mm-hmm. big deal because I, I'm out on running backs in the first round. I wouldn't have taken even Javante Williams this high, but I think there's as good of a chance that he's the best running back in this draft as there is that he's the third or fourth best running back in this draft and you got to pick him with your second pick instead of your first pick so I do like it better in the second round if you're going to go running back he's obviously a really good player running backs being good players and how I value running backs are two different things entirely because I there's players that are great that are running backs I just don't know how many mm-hmm. wins they add to your team that's my whole running back thing before people get mad at me good player uh Quinn Miners in round let's, three let's stop there just for okay, one sure, second sure, because sure. I, I think the I, I, what you said was great but I think there were three backs in this draft, and I think the NFL agreed with us. You know, the Steelers ran to the podium. Jacksonville takes ATM with the next pick, and then not only did they take him with the third pick in the second round, they traded up to do so. Yeah. So I think there was a premium on these three, and then everybody else you can kind of throw them in a bag and see how it works out. And I like some of the other ones too, but these three sort of stood alone which, you know, raised their value. Yes, absolutely. And these were the three that were like, okay, these are main backs. Everybody else, there's something about them that you like, and they're rotational backs. But Javante Williams was the last of the, okay. And I think every team knew that. It was like, well, I would rather take a running back outside of the top 50, but one of those three guys aren't going to get there. And I don't feel strongly about the other guys, so we have to make the move here. And I totally understand that. If you value running backs and you want one of these guys, that's just where you had to take them, and that's the reality of the situation. I really like Quinn Miners. I think he had a really great PR team throughout this whole process. You know, I, people yeah, are going crazy, people going crazy about him. I like him. And I thought this was a good spot for him to go in round three. Uh, you know, a little, little, not super early in round three because people are talking about him second round pick. I mean, he's out of Wisconsin. Whitewater had a nice senior bowl, but just because he's got a funny hairdo and wears a short shirt and, and works out in the, in the wilderness doesn't mean he's going to automatically be a great player, even though it's a fun story. So, but I do That's like a great way of putting it with the PR guy. Yeah. <laughs> I just put a bow on that though. I love that. He gets to work with Mike Munchak. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, yeah. Continue that development because yeah, and yeah. he he proved that that was the big thing with him is he proved he was he could hang and not only hang but dominated a lot of reps at the Senior Bowl with some really nice prospects and uh, so now he can can take that next step from there into the NFL and has a really nice coach to help him do that uh, and some other really good picks for the Broncos maybe my favorite of their whole class if you're talking about value was Indiana safety Jamar Johnson in the fifth round. That's fantastic. I think he'd be a starting free safety and and, and even early in his career play some nickel roll stuff for you. Really good cover guy, instinctive, and and will go take the ball away from opponents. I I like Jamar Johnson a lot. Love that pick. Yeah, that's probably my favorite when you consider where they went, you know, the cost. And they took a, you know, back-to-back safety, Stern ahead of him. I I, I think Kerry Vincent could also work out. Odd you take yet another corner, but it's seventh round. Um, last note there is Baron Browning. I'm curious how they'll use him. I think he could be an edge, and I think they'll start him on the second level because that's a much, much bigger need. Well, when his career is all said and done, he might be coming off the edge more than he's dropping into coverage. Yeah, really interesting player. And when you're 6'3", 245, that's 
big for today's standards for linebacker, but he runs a four five and you know can can come off the edge probably if you want him to do that. So a very interesting player, especially with how he fits in with that Vic Fangio defense. Um, Caden Stearns, nice little player there. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, just a really solid class. Kerry Vincent's got some talent out of LSU, late round pick. You don't have to spend a high selection on a guy like him. So a uh, fantastic draft. Really good young roster. Yeah. Except the defense is going to dominate. How good are Teddy B and Drew Locke? Or right. are we talking about a post date? See, here's the thing that I like is, okay, let's not let's not go crazy. Let's let this play out. Let's not spend those 2021 picks on Aaron Rodgers. Let's spend the 2022 picks on Aaron Rodgers, right? After we have Rodgers and earn a much later selection, after Rodgers burns all those bridges and I think is much more likely to be traded post-June 1st because of salary cap reasons from Green Bay, and they left that door wide open. So this is this is not done at all. And I want to take you through a quick uh, tweet storm here from Benjamin yeah. Albright, who covers the Broncos. And I don't want to spend too much more time here on the Broncos, but this is interesting in how it ties into Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. And, and he was actually broadcasting from the Broncos facility. So he's got a lot of connections, especially with the Broncos and league rides league wide. So at Albright NFL is where you can find him. And he said, this is the Aaron Rodgers story as I know it. Obviously, Rodgers had been dissatisfied for some time. Several teams made postseason inquiries this year, including the Rams prior to Stafford, although that went nowhere with Green Bay's front office. Rodgers recently begun telling teammates and those close to him that he wasn't coming back to Green Bay. Earlier this week, Rodgers told people representing him to reach out to tell San Francisco to, quote, come get him. San Francisco called Green Bay and were told that they weren't moving him. SF was out at that point, back to their original draft plan. Trey Lance in the draft. Uh, Rodgers camp realizing their maximum leverage was the day of the draft began leaking and back-channeling interest in other teams, including Las Vegas, Denver, Miami. Denver did not reach out about Rodgers, but someone representing him had back-channel communication with someone close to someone with the Broncos. That person, who again is not employed by the Broncos in any way, began leaking over-enthusiastic reports about the nature of closeness of Rodgers' deal to local media. And that was the, the Mark Schlereth reports that it was like, it's, it's not yeah, done, yeah. but it's very close to being done. Hypothetical Hall of Fame QB became available. The team would be interested like any team, but at this juncture, no talks have occurred. This is day three of the draft when he posted this. Uh, there was potential for a temperature check with Green Bay over the weekend. So I actually like the way the Broncos are playing this. If they're still able to get Rodgers, but they were able to go through the draft in 2021 first, then get Rodgers over the summer, then we're looking at this draft in a much different lens, and I'm giving them an A-plus all day long. If it ends, if it comes to fruition and they think they still are in striking distance, absolutely. I like how you said that. You know, like, let's give the, the late pick next year and future picks to win now and use guys like Sertain uh, to help us, you know, beat the Chiefs in the division and maybe win the whole thing with Rodgers. If it doesn't happen, though, you're going to regret passing on fields. I mean, they're playing a, a dangerous game here. Yes, and might they, through those back channels, have a – good idea that they can make this happen or do they like Maybe. Locke and Teddy B that much or do they just not have a big grade on fields because it turns out the their uh, team in their division the, or the team <laughs> it turns out that there are some other teams uh, behind them in the draft that did really like fields a lot so that's fascinating the fields thing who liked him who didn't where he ended up going and uh, who's going to come out on top in the end is, is just super fascinating and a big storyline for this yeah, without question. I mean, Denver's a fascinating team. 
Um, I'm sure there's some Bronco fans that are saying, man, we are so close to Rodgers. Well, it might not be over yet. It might not be. Let's talk the rest of the AFC West Chiefs, Chargers, Las Vegas Raiders coming up. I want to tell you about Nugenix, the number one selling free testosterone booster at GNC is offering a complimentary bottle to all football fans in America. To get your complimentary bottle of Nugenix Total T, text DRAFT to 231-231. That number is 231-231. This unique man-boosting formula is powered by Testofen, which helps boost free testosterone and total testosterone levels and increase energy and Lean Muscle Mass. Nugenics Total Tea is a great way to increase lean muscle and feel stronger with more energy and endurance. And like the TV ads say, she'll like it too. Plus, text now and they'll include a bottle of Nugenics Thermo, their most powerful fat incinerator ever with key ingredients to help you get back in shape absolutely free. Text DRAFT to 231231. That's DRAFT to 231231. Message and data rates may apply. Now that the NFL draft is over, you can go find win totals at betonline.ag. How did teams improve? Do you think a certain team's chances to win the Super Bowl next year have changed? Win some money on it at betonline.ag. They've also got some fresh odds on Offensive Rookie of the Year. Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, second, tied with Trey Lance. Kind of like Zach Wilson at 7-1. to one. Kyle Pitts, 11-1 to one on the defensive side for Rookie of the Year next season. Micah Parsons leads that at 4-1. to one. Jalen Phillips, 7-1. to one. J.C. Horn and Patrick Sertan at 10-1, to one, along with Zayvon Collins. And the second rounder, Jeremiah Owusu-Koromoa, one of the steals of the draft, in my opinion. 12-1 to one odds. NBA, NHL, Major League, Baseball, Table Games, Poker. All you got to do to get involved in the action is head to the website at betonline.ag or the mobile app. Use promo code LOCKEDON when signing up to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. Back-to-back Super Bowl appearances for the Kansas City Chiefs. They won one, lost one, traded away their first-round pick this year for a left tackle in Orlando Brown. And if you count Orlando Brown as a starting left tackle as their first-round pick, and look what else they did. Nick Bolton, linebacker out of Missouri. Creed Humphrey, center from Oklahoma, continuing to fortify that offensive line. Trey Smith in the sixth round, who fell quite a bit, apparently due to some uh, medical issues. Mm -hmm. The the guard from Tennessee. Uh, Cornell Powell's a player I like. Wide receiver who's just crazy rocked up and, and could potentially be a huge steal for them in the fifth round. Joshua Kendo out of Florida State has some high-end potential as well at defensive end. I actually love what the Kansas City Chiefs did this year, especially with what they were able to do on the offensive line, utilizing one of those first-round picks in a trade to make sure that they're they're going to be set there. And then Creed Humphrey, I think, is a plug-and-play starter from day one if they need him to be. I think Bolton will be their best linebacker today. You know, I mean, they, they haven't been great at that position. Mm-hmm. And maybe he will team with their second-round pick last year, William Gay Jr., as a thunder and lightning type of pairing for a long time. Who's to say? I think there's a lot more hit and miss with Gay than there is with Bolton. So I think he plays now. Um, the O-line, I mean, has any position been turned on its head more than Kansas City's offensive line since last year when you put, <laughs> wow. you know, Brown and now Humphrey. When they took Humphrey, I'm like, don't you have enough interior dudes? But they'll probably be their starting center or Orlando Browns will be their starting left tackle. And you mentioned Trey Smith. Yeah, he's got some medical, but he should have been in a third-round pick, and he had a great test, you know, pro day as well. 
um, at least put him in the mix of guard. And uh, they have an abundance of especially interior guys, but their line now has eight or nine people that everyone would like to have. Cornell Powell is the one that's fascinating to me like because that. he's such a, you know, he went to Clemson, right? Like, yeah. you got to be a dude to go to Clemson, but he didn't play right away. But then when he finally did get to play and you look at his, just his, like, what kind of an athlete he is and then the production he put up in a short amount of time there in his final season at Clemson, like, he could be a dude if he went to some other small school, right? If he went to Western Michigan, he might be a guy that, that put up, 1500 yards a year receiving right and be the superstar player so that's a fascinating one then you pair him with that offense and some potential uh playing time for him in the future cornell powell is is is, i think he he landed in the best spot possible and and kansas city could have got a steal there and they continue to filter in really good wide receivers they don't have a guy that looks like him you know i mean they don't have that that power forward yet in their receiving core Uh, i love it and I'm sitting here watching this going, or just sitting here staring at their draft list going, mm, my dynasty leagues, I'm taking Cornell Powell as a sleeper. I mean, wherever he's going, I'm taking him around earlier than that. Because Casey, I think he's got a chance to see the field right away. I like that fit a lot. He's a, a nice sleeper for fantasy. So overall, a couple of really good drafts, right, with uh, yeah. the Denver Broncos and the Kansas City Chiefs here so far. I don't know if you want to try to put letter grades to these necessarily. That's not my bag. Yeah, I hate that for draft. It's not my bag either. It's not my bag either. I think it's just overall overall vibes. And, you know, that's one other project we could probably do here in the offseason is go back three years, which is when you can really start to grade some of these NFL drafts, and, and that would be a lot then of fun. Then they get a grade. Right, absolutely. Right. How about those Los Angeles Chargers? Matt, they were able to just stamp Pat, kick it at 13, got Rashawn Slater, which I think was a huge win already. When you look at what they did the rest of the draft, Asante Samuel in round two, they were able to grab Chris Rumpf a little bit later, outside linebacker from Duke, Trey McKitty out of Georgia, the tight end, Josh Palmer is a wide receiver. A lot of people liked, I wasn't as high on out of Tennessee, Larry Roundtree, love those sixth round running backs. Give me the late day three running backs all day long. Um, interesting class here for those Los Angeles Chargers, but I, I gotta I gotta say that I feel good about it. If you told me, hey, round one, round two, they get Slater and Samuel, I'm in. Right, right. I, and there's not many here I can dispute. I mean, Slater falls in your lap. We just talked about a revamped offensive line in the same division. This one as well. I mean, three new starters at a minimum now, and. One of my favorite later round guys, too, is Brendan. Brendan Han- I always pronounce it wrong because it's not a J, it's an H uh, from Nebraska to the tackle, too. I think he's going to factor in at some point, too. Um, you mentioned Samuel. I mean, that's a super safe pick with the 15th pick in the second round. I don't know if he's going to play the slot or outside or whatever, but I'm fine with it no matter what. Palmer and McKitty are, are okay. I thought. Boy, I really like this Palmer guy, but I was looking at that through like a fifth or fourth round lens, maybe not a third, but a third receiver on that team, I think is certainly useful. And then they had a couple of the later on guys I like quite a bit too, was Nick Neiman, Larry Roundtree, you mentioned, Chris Rumpf. So I think it's a pretty solid draft and it's really great with the top two picks, like you said. Trey McKitty too reminds me of like maybe a cartoon character that my son, who's a toddler, would be watching right now. Trey McKitty, like a, you know, a, uh, a cat that that goes around town, maybe maybe plays football or something like that. I don't know. Trey McKitty was just the when I was first starting to look at prospects and looked at the tight end list and go Trey McKitty. Okay, I'm putting him on first because that's a great name and I think uh, he would be my son's favorite player right now. 
Yeah, like a Berman is a Trey, Trey Hello McKitty. It could be a Bermanism <laughs> for him. I like that. I like that one. Okay. I'm in on that one. I'm in on that one. So I think we're three for three with rock solid drafts here with the AFC West, right? I think they did very well. And a lot of value, a lot of needs, you know, a fair amount of guys to add to the mix as well. Having a hard time disputing many of their picks. And, you know, I mentioned I didn't love Palmer in the third round. That's being a little harsh on him. I mean, he had a really bad quarterback situation. And I had mentioned the the Chargers maybe even going uh, wide receiver in round one. So there's a there's a spot there for him to play soon. I have a feeling we might not go four for four, though. Let's talk Las Vegas Raiders and finish up the AFC West draft recap next. Do you want 15% off your next order at BuiltBar.com? Well, listen up, and I'll tell you how you can get a tasty treat, a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Right now, I'm staring at a box of Built Bars that I built myself. You can mix and match three flavors. I love the peanut butter. I also wanted to try some other flavors, so I went with toffee almond and one of the six new flavors, cookies and cream. 130 calories in the cookies and cream flavor, 17 grams of protein, only four grams of sugar. It is fantastic. Other new flavors like caramel brownie, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, carrot cake, apple almond crisp to go with their 12 original flavors. My favorite is peanut butter that I always talk about. Bars are covered in, this is the best part, 100% chocolate, not a brown colored flavored chocolate weird coating. It's legit chocolate. So get some yourself at 15% off with promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your next box of Built Bars at BuiltBar.com. The thing you love about Mike Mayock, John Gruden, is they're their own dudes. Their personalities are big, and that's fun. But this is like the third straight draft where I look at it and I kind of scratch my head and go, okay, some of this stuff is cool, but... Like, what are you doing? I think value-wise, you're mm-hmm. not really helping your football team long-term and lock your, locking yourself into some sort of mediocrity with some of these players they're drafting. And Alex Leatherwood is a fine prospect, but, man, at some point you're like, man, was nobody did nobody call you at all about, like, a move down before you make a move like that? I just feel like value-wise, again, the Raiders get really poor grades for me in round one. Yeah, and it's always the same type of guy, too. It's... Somebody we've heard about for longer than a year, you know, he'll be, a, uh, he's been a, a highly touted prospect at Clemson, Ohio State, or Alabama. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. next year's pick is going to come from one of those schools too. You know, like just uh, get used to it. I mean, I think the trend is strong enough now that that's the way this team operates. Um, and he's fine. They needed a right tackle. And then they basically went all defense after that, which totally adds up. I mean, that plan in itself sounds fine. I'm sitting here thinking, I mean, not to give them the benefit of the doubt, but if they would have taken Trevon Mowring in the first round and Leatherwood in the second, we might give them a better grade. <laughs> you know? That's that's true because when you get to round two and Trevon Merrick, Morig, depending on Merrick, who, yeah, who said, said it, right, yeah. I think it's Merrick is how it's supposed to be, but I've been calling him Morig for so long that it's hard for me to go back. Um, that's a great point. And I, as much as the, the Leatherwood pick was like, oh, gosh, the Morig pick was like, yeah. I like it. Okay, let's go. Yeah, yeah. But did they need to draft two more safeties and another corner <laughs> right, as well? Right. Like, what do you like? How many safeties do you need? Round, wasn't Abram, Abram a first round pick last year too? You know? Yeah, or two years ago, right? Two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. 
but they're going to a Seattle like defense. Free safeties are very important in that defense and they're very hard to find. And I, I think Mo Merrig is the best of the group. He fell a little more than I expected. He was a third safety taken, but that doesn't mean that he won't be a great free safety for them. And again, if they were taking him in the first, I would have understood with the defensive changes they're making and safety has been a really poor spot for him. And Abram's going to be this, this strong, but um, again, how about an outside corner? How about a D tackle? You know, I mean, I, I don't dislike their day two picks at all, but again, uh, three safeties, <laughs> he drafted three safeties. What do you think's going on with Abram? Is there a position switch there? Because I would think in that cover three, he's your cam chancellor, but then they just drafted the cam chancellor again in divine Diablo out of Virginia tech, six, three, two twenty six, And it's pretty easy to see that that's the same style of guy, or are they just drafting someone to make sure because of Abram's injury history? I, I wonder about his injury history. I would think Abram's your chancellor. Even before the draft, I would have said Diablo probably should be listed as a linebacker. You know, so maybe he's just going to be a true, not that he's Bobby Wagner, but maybe he's the bigger of the two. He's the linebacker. Abrams the strong. Uh, Merrig is the free. Okay. Uh, I mean, uh, that's what I'm so kind of giving maybe, him the benefit of the doubt on because on paper it says three S's next to, you know. Right. <laughs> their whole draft class and Gillespie's another strong safety like hitter even the corner mm-hmm. they drafted uh out of Illinois Nate Hobbs you know he'll hit you too he'll he'll so physicality is obviously a big part of obviously of Mayock's yeah. thing like that's not a surprise at all maybe actually now that now that I think about it maybe Diablo is your KJ Wright maybe that's the the idea there maybe maybe long arm guy mm-hmm. you know can cover maybe play him over tight ends a little bit outside I mean I'm, I I'm open to those ideas. Um, I'm not going to kill this draft. I, I, I do think that it's easy to kill the Raiders because this staff has not done well. I mean, they flat out haven't. Leatherwood, to me, will probably be a fine right tackle. But I just feel like they don't understand value very well. Yeah, the value thing is difficult. And even if you said if they flipped Leatherwood and, and Merrig, that would have felt better. But still, yeah. that would have been too high, I think, for Merrig. I thought Merrig was, agreed, you know, agreed. 25 at the earliest. That was like the, the, the highest I could have seen him go in the draft, 25 to 50. And that's kind of where, you know, at the low end of that is, is Leatherwood, maybe at the end of the, the top 50. So basically, yeah, you're you're really not getting great value here. And you could argue with me about it and say, Hey, look what they did in past years. You said the same thing about those drafts and those players turned out to be much more valuable, but they haven't. So uh, like, I I don't know if the the Raiders have earned the benefit of the doubt on the, on those moves. That's what I was going to go with too, is we've seen enough from this staff, the Mayock Rudin connection, that and this is the first one that they didn't have a ridiculous number of picks from trading Amari Cooper or Khalil Mack or any of that. But have they drafted any stars? I don't think. Hmm. I mean, no. stars. I think like, they've. How much are Colton Miller counts? You know. I th- yeah, Colton Miller has turned out pretty well. They have found some gems. Like Diablo could turn out to be great, right? And, mm-hmm. and when we look back, we're like, well, that was the best pick of the whole group. And I, I like Merrick actually it's fine. I think that was a, a very good pick by them, too. So maybe he's your star and he turns out to be a superstar free safety in that cover three scheme. 
Maybe. Um, but I'm talking about guys we've seen in the NFL yeah, already. No. Um, Josh Jacobs is good, but he's more of the poster boy for you not to take a first-round right. running back than he is a star. You took a strong safety and a running back in round one. The next year you took a defensive end in the top five that – uh, is not going to be a, a problem for teams as a pass rusher. Like that's just not good value. That's just not the way you should ever draw up your your drafts, in my opinion. So um, in in practice, when they're on the clock, the moves they are making not helping themselves value wise. And I think if you are drawing up what you want, okay. I get it. And every team at the end of the draft say, hey, we got some really tough guys. We got some guys that are going to play hard for us and all that stuff. It's like, that's fine. And you can believe in the character of these guys and, and think that they're going to get with your program. But you're not building a college team where you can get 30 of those guys. You have to pick right, and choose right. which positions that are going to make the biggest impact for you in the draft. And they absolutely have not done that. Just not not swinging for the fences enough. You know, I mean, it's a lot of taking a leadoff walk and button them over. Right. Yep. And we know this day and age, you need to play for the three run Homer. Right. Right. In the and NFL and major league baseball, <laughs> that works for both. They, they do have some nice, I mean, obviously they've made a ton of picks this regime. Oh, by the way, you're, you're bound to hit on some. They're not all losers. I'm not right. applying that, yes. but who's the home run. I mean, who's the star. I mean, even the, I forget his name off the top of my head. The, the edge rusher they got out of Oregon, who's been a good player a yeah. couple years ago. In the fourth round. Um, that, was a, that was a nice pick. Not a superstar, nice pick. but a nice everyone pick. Would, everyone would love to have that. But is, is that your biggest star that you've drafted? You know, like, who's the star? Who, who do these teams not want to play against? That's a fantastic point. Did Do you think that uh, Max Crosby, by the way, Max with yeah, two X's. Yeah, yeah, two X's. And I think Devon Diablo could be that guy for them this year. Nice little pick on, on day two. You know, late third rounder is it turns out to be you know a nice outside linebacker for you can cover and mm -hmm. and and has some I like size. Malcolm Coons too. Yeah. Did the Raiders or any other team in the West here to to sort of close the book on this division? Did they close the gap on the Kansas City Chiefs? I think the Chiefs got noticeably better. So as all teams do, I mean, no one gets worse in the draft, but. Their O line, that Chiefs offense could be the best it's ever been. I this division is so fun because yeah. um I like the Chargers. You got that young quarterback and I love what they did in the draft. They got better at corner, they got better at offensive tackle, their two biggest needs there, adding Slater in the first round. If you just project out the development and and uh, Justin Herbert stays on that curve, they're gonna be a problem. And what if the Broncos we love their draft aside from questions at quarterback, what if the Broncos do end up with Aaron Rodgers like how fun is that division if that happens well, I think they're right there with the Chiefs with Aaron Rodgers unless it costs them a lot of what's on your roster already if it means you have to give up Sertain and Bradley Chubb and a future first then it might hurt you a little but even with it I think that roster is loaded I mean Sutton returns and Von Miller returns and I think they're always going to be good on defense no matter what players you give Vic Fangio and you know I know Munchak's going to keep that O-line better and better and better every year and they got skill guys uh you know the bridgewater pickup to me just screamed don't you know we need to it's it's almost like when getting away from Jameis winston last year like your lock just hurts us too often if we can we'll be in games with bridgewater but you'll probably fall short more than you should. So you think it's Rogers. Bridgewater? I got the vibe that Bridgewater is just going to be the the safety net backup to Locke, and Locke will still be the starter. Hmm. I think Bridgewater gives him a better chance to make the playoffs. 
yeah, play defense. Don't don't screw up on offense. Yeah. Yeah, that and makes Rogers sense. Rodgers does all the above, of course. Complimentary. Yeah, just play complimentary football and, and see where you're at at the end of the year. I could see that with Bridgewater for sure. He, he makes me crazy, though, because <laughs> Judy and Hamler and Fant and Sutton will yeah. be running wide open, and he'll dump it down to, you know, Javante Williams or Gordon. All right, good stuff. That is the AFC West. It's a fun division. Uh, I think most of those teams had a really good draft. We'll see if the Raiders can turn the corner as well. And some of those players become superstars in Las Vegas. We will come back with another division tomorrow and continue to break down every team's draft in the NFL right here. Peacock and Williamson.